Welcome, screensavers. Michael, Matt, and Tyler here. We're doing a mini-sode on the new David Cronenberg movie, Crimes of the Future. Hopefully you've gotten a chance to see this. I think it's going to open wider in the coming weeks here. Uh, we wanted to give you some general opinions here, see if you want to see it. First, let's talk a little bit about David Cronenberg, guys. What do you think of him? Do you have favorite movies? Matt, what do you think? I mean, Videodrome is a classic. The Fly is a classic. Cronenberg is like the master of body horror grotesque filmmaking. Um, to the point where Rick and Morty even devoted a whole like episode side plot slash main plot to referencing Cronenberg with the whole Rick Potion number nine episode talking about Cronenberg, Rick, Cronenberg, Morty. Oh, Means I didn't know that. In the cultural zeitgeist for being grotesque body horror, but um, I'm gonna say. I mean, I I guess we're not talking about Crimes of the Future yet, but overall, I mean, I I enjoy him as a filmmaker. Very unique. Body horror is really my preferred brand of horror. I'd mm. much rather someone spend time designing, like, <clears throat> excuse me, designing and and making like something grotesque looking rather than just like sitting behind a, uh, an object and being like, boo, gotcha. Like, I hate jump scares as a medium in horror. Perhaps that's a future episode we could talk about our favorite subgenres of horror. That would be cool. I'm much more of, like, a gore body horror guy than, a, than like, a jump scare guy. Um, and I think Cronenberg is just the master of that. While his work is kind of hit or miss in hindsight, I still, I still enjoy him. I think he holds an important part in the horrors i guessed mm. tyler do you have a relationship with yeah him? i love the movie crash just watch crash all the time <laughs> it's honestly it w- with terry <laughs> with terrence howard and matt no, dillon that, that's no, the lesser the... <laughs> no i just find crash funny when you think like look at some of his like videodrome you know like the fly and then you get crash which is people that get off on car accidents <laughs> like it's such a i thought that was Titan. It's not car yeah, accidents, kinda. it's cars. Itself. Yeah, that's just cars. It's someone who watched the movie Cars. Not the movie Cars. Not Lightning McQueen, but literal Cars. Not the song by Gary Newman. <laughs> <laughs> not the band, but literal machines. Yeah, I. it's so funny. You know, Cronenberg, who is a native of Toronto, quick shout out to our, our loyal listeners in Ontario. We love you guys, Ontario all of Canada, all our listeners around the world. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us. We love it. Um, But Cronenberg is like the king of transgression. Like, my lord. He's most well-known as a pioneer of the body horror genre. But he's always been equally concerned with psychological phenomena and, like, the way that the states of our minds and our bodies interact and manifest in each other. Uh, There's a fascination with human fascination in, like, the horrifying aspects of life and the different ways that we exercise dirty and dark urges in the context of a civilized society that teaches us to like suppress those kinds of things. That's why you often see sex and violence paired. Crash would be like the perfect example of that. Always exploring that kind of thing. Also, always dealing with transformation and how things like violence and disease to our body are just sparks of like change and a sign of changing this actually comes up a lot in crimes of the future as much as i 
watch his movies, the disgusting things don't get old for me. I don't know about you guys, but he's very inventive with how repulsive things can be. I'm never like desensitized to it. I definitely agree with that. He always finds something nude. (laughs) Also, most always keeps his movies to like 90 minutes. I was noticing this as I was reviewing. I'm like, wow, these are all an hour and 30 minutes, and they're all they're compelling. I, I'm very impressed by that. I just want to give you guys a, a few quick recommendations from his his catalog over the years. One of my favorites is The Brood from 1979. It's about a separated husband and wife. The husband cares for their daughter while she stays in the compound of a controversial psychologist. I don't want to say any more and spoil it, but you should go watch it. It's on HBO Max. It's really scary. Um, or it's on HBO, at least at the time of this recording. It's this creepy exploration of resentment, like fears of therapy and certain techniques of therapy and what gets passed down from parents to kids. It has one scene where I always go like, I can't believe he put that in the movie. Like, I'm just shocked. Um, and obviously we've seen some weird stuff on film, but you should definitely go watch that. You guys mentioned video drums a few years later. This is the movie where James Woods makes out with a bloated television. I think it's a brilliant satire about TV and you know human interest in darkness. It's about a TV exec who looks for controversial content and finds it in Videodrome, a program where people are tortured and killed in this weird room. It covers but doesn't simplify themes of how when something is controversial it only makes us want it more we see that all the time in movies um and the question of as crazy and sensational things become more commonplace in the media and that we view them what is actually going to get a reaction out of us right how deep into the darkness can the media go and it's just kind of a question that floats out there without giving an easy answer you know i just thought of a question while thinking about videodrome again do you guys think that that would make an interesting reboot or requel or whatever it would end up being for today's society with internet and like the dark web and things like that do you think that's a movie worth revisiting or re- remaking with a more modern lens? I personally th- I personally would be on board for it. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea that you have, especially, you know, it's this is a movie that you can say it well, I don't want to say it has an age well, but I actually think it's aged very well because we're still dealing with the same things in media. But like you said, there's new room to explore with phones and tablets and new sections you know this didn't have the internet now we have the internet so i i actually love that idea tiktok drone yeah tiktok drone (laughs) all right so i'm putting it on record now that was my idea so if this ever happens i want a dividend i want royalties for that crap Um, i want my cut unfortunately you can't copyright i yeah uh the fly you guys mentioned i love the fly started first as a short story and then it was a film in 1958 this is a remake it's about a man who invents a teleportation machine and when he goes through it himself his genetic structure is morphed with that of a fly to this day this is his biggest hit of a movie and it may be his best it's definitely i think his best horror movie has such a unique creepy atmosphere that instills such eeriness into the whole movie jeff goldblum 
like fantastic performance some of the best stuff that he's ever done he has to transform so much um there are so many stages to the fly well the fly makeup uh makeup team was chris wallace and steven dupuis did win the oscar for it i think this mm, i don't want to say that in case i'm wrong i think it might be the only oscar winner of a cronenberg film um i've read that they constructed the final version of the fly first and then they progressively went backwards all the way back to seth as a human um very fascinating process gina davis is wonderful in this as well gina davis where have you gone come back to us completely thrilling unlike a lot of horror movies it successfully makes the transfer from scary to like just genuinely sad Uh, would you guys agree with that or am i nuts i agree Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I love that about it. Uh, and then just one more I want to highlight. 2005, you know, uh, kind of towards the end of the 20th century and into the early 2000s, making more dramatic stuff um, combined with some of his usual themes. So in 2005, he makes the critical hit, A History of Violence. It's about an idyllic small town husband and father played by Viggo Mortensen, whose life becomes complicated after two drifters try to rob his diner. Ironically, you mentioned uh, the Crash movie from before, the the Paul Haggis um, L.A. race movie. Uh, this was in the same year, and Crash won Best Picture, same title as Cronenberg's 96. He disputed the naming of the 2005 movie Crash. He didn't want it, and then it went on to win Best Picture, um, which history Undeservedly so. Yeah. That's a whole conversation for another day. Um, we should do a countdown of like top best picture winners that shouldn't have won best picture. And you guys will not be slandering Coda. Yeah, I on will. That list. No, no, I won't allow it. It's, I won't allow it. No, it'll be heavily implied. <laughs> yeah, we could even do that by year. I would even just love to have uh, a retro episode on, on Brokeback Mountain because I love that movie um, in the same year. So after History of Violence, he's making more dramatic stuff, Eastern Promises, A Dangerous Method, all with Viggo Mortensen. Um, And then he has Cosmopolis and Maps of the Stars, which was in 2014. So he hasn't made a movie in eight years. And finally, we get to Crimes of the Future, which I (laughs) listen to this description, see if it's accurate. In a world where pain is rarely felt amongst human beings, a team of performance artists performs surgery to titillate audiences. Is that generally true? Very, very vaguely true. Yes, <laughs> like doesn't that's just such a very like brief synopsis of like the point of the movie? Like, well, how else are you supposed to synopsize this? No, movie? but I mean, like that's literally like not even basically like that's so bare bones. That's like Star Wars being like a war in space. <laughs> I mean, um, that is what it is. <laughs> I also want to point out a fun fact. There was another, I think it was a short film that Cronenberg did back in like the 70s called Crimes of the Future, which had nothing to do with this one. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. That was his second film, I believe, after Stereo. But, um, yep, this is written and directed by him. This is the first one that he directed that he, he wrote in a while. He was directing other people's scripts for a while. Matt, what did you think of Crimes of the Future? I really wanted to like this movie more than I actually did. I thought, I mean, I thought the acting was was very good. 
Um, I thought the story was somewhat lacking. I mean, I, I appreciate what it tried to do. A lot of, like, the commentary on, like, pollution and how we're treating the planet with, like, this post-apocalyptic lens to it. Overall, though, I thought... I honestly was very... Not very, but I was fairly bored with the narrative, especially in the latter half. Mm. The To sum up how interested I was in this movie, I'll say that about halfway through... I started thinking about how I was craving like a McDonald's milkshake, and I was thinking, "Oh, you know, there's a McDonald's down the road from the movie theater." During this movie, the home during this movie, you wanted to ingest something. <laughs> yes, I and yes, yes, because I will go on record and say that the body horror, while it was decent, he's done better. Like Videodrome right. was more horrific than this was. Yeah, that's fair. Like it was gross but i can't uh, unless you're like a super prude i can't see i i i i i'm willing to contest the legitimacy of all these claims like oh there were people yeah. walking out left and right to this movie like, well i i'm I, peeing and pooping and <laughs> okay you know? i don't think anybody was peeing <laughs> here's what i'll say to that i do think the three of us are a bit desensitized. I don't know a regular run-of-the-mill movie watcher who would want to see these things on screen. So I do have to say, it's still gross. This is a gross movie. Am I? It is. Am it I is. that desensitized that I'm like, this movie wasn't even that gross? <laughs> I just didn't even think yes, that. yes, you are. This movie is disgusting. I don't mean it in a bad, like it was meant to be, but this movie's gross. I, I feel is. like he meant it to be, and I was just like, that's it? That's all you got? I'm supposed to be peeing and pooping and vomiting? And <laughs> it might I mean, have been a little overhyped for me personally. I might have overhyped it for myself, which I have a bad habit of doing, because I did that with Joker too. But. Well, luckily, Speaking of I Joker get a second shot. <laughs> second shot. <laughs> um. So I, I'm the highest on this movie. I like this movie, and I think there are a lot of interesting ideas and world building in it. I don't think it's the best version of the story. Don't get me wrong. I don't love this movie. It's very jumbled. It does drag, especially in like the second act. It doesn't really all come together, but the pieces of it are good. Cronenberg has always dealt with bodies as vehicles of transformation, often vehicles of like mental states. But this one is just about how the body is a prison and how like awful it is sometimes like to be a human inside of a body. Vigo Mortensen's character is clearly in such physical discomfort throughout the whole movie. He's grunting, he's groaning every scene in this very visceral way that like I don't think would even be permitted in in Hollywood projects most of them at least. It was a, stuff here. It was permitted in what? home improvement. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, let's do the rest of the episode that way <laughs> um okay uh yeah. um <laughs> yeah there's stuff here <laughs> let's 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 save the tim allen talk for light year that's not uh, tim allen it's chris evans no, that's what I'm saying. There will be a discussion around that. Uh, there's there's stuff here in Crime of the Future about the art world, about body modification. Human evolution is one of the most fascinating aspects to me. This thing is a mess, 
and you don't totally know what's happening for many of the scenes, I'll be honest. But I admired it. There was something about it that kept me hooked, um, at least for the most part. Uh, I don't. I don't know a person that I would recommend this. To. <laughs> Absolutely, I really don't. It's a fair, a fair, fair analysis. Of this. I know that slaps that slaps the face of my whole review. I did like it, and if you are, if you're somebody who's willing to work a little bit and you like this kind of thing, then I do recommend it. I just don't I, personally know a person you know, that I would say, yeah, watch I, this. I'll be honest. I saw this movie and I still don't know what half the characters were there for. <laughs> Like the detective, the the, the texts with the drills, I I just I'm lost. <laughs> no, I I'll say I do have a I have I have a select few people that I would recommend this to, and most and that's okay. because they're Cronenberg fans and they're like fans of like weird art film horror movies. Yeah. Um. It's it's really tough to recommend this movie but i thought the the score was really beautiful too i liked that a lot especially in the beginning that's fair i um i will say i feel like this might require a rewatch for me just i'm not in any rush to do it like i'll wait for it to hit streaming or whatever but Mm. the, the problem is by the time i realized what was happening the movie was over and yeah I feel like it'd be worth catching again with the full, like, final, now that I finally understand, like, what it's happening. Right. It'd be worth seeing. Um, I, I really, I liked, uh, among other people, I liked Leah Seydoux in this. Yeah, um, I, I thought she was very good. She, uh, I think she said that she didn't totally know what was going on when she read the scripts. <laughs> That, I that, like that so, buy-in from a performer. Uh, Kristen Stewart I mean, I, I, said I, the same. She had no idea what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the performances. To sound to reiterate what I said earlier, the performances are really what carried this movie and make it even worth rewatching for me. But yeah, yeah, um, Vigo's very good. Leia Seydoux's very good. Kristen Stewart getting some flack. For this performance i liked her a lot in this her yeah her like timid mannerisms her the voice she committed to i liked it i thought she was really good i'll stick up for her i will say yeah the marketing did make it seem as though she was a bigger part of this movie than she is like don't get me wrong she's a, a good part but it's not i wouldn't call her a central character no one's this. a central character this is nonsense no one matters well yeah i would say uh Vigo and Leia Sadu are, but nobody else really. What about what about Scott Speedman? I noticed we haven't talked a lot about Scott Speedman in this. I liked him in this. I thought he was very good. He was very tuned in to the tone of the whole thing, um, and I thought even the like investigation scene between them and uh, Don McKellar, who plays the investigator, I thought that was interesting. I I liked. The premise of so Viggo Mortensen's character is an evolving human being rapidly. He is constantly growing new organs. That's why he's so uncomfortable in his body. And it was, you know, we don't explore this a lot in movies. The fact that, you know, we're in the year 2022, um, whatever time marker you want to use. And we like i feel like we always assume that we are the most evolved state of our species and like it's never going to change but that's not true like we're ever evolving if you fast forward time 
human beings will be different in some ways. And I thought there was a really cool conflict in this of he is somebody who is always growing new organs, but like taking them out, almost like this rejection of this new evolutionary thing. And also there were clearly these other people who were working against um, these this group of human beings who evolved. So I thought that was a fascinating conflict that again gets lost in the narrative because it's so messy. But I, I like that a lot. I don't see that a lot in movies. This um, the actual like recognition that we're an ever evolving species. The plastic. So some characters in this movie eat plastic. What do you guys think the plastic trash barrel tasted like? <laughs> uh, maybe like the candy bars from later in the movie. So I'm just gonna say this right now. They make like purple like protein candy bars in this thought they look so delicious i just wanted to bite into one right away i have to admit though that the dude that ate the candy bar and like died i feel like that was a bit over the top like if you accidentally eat plastic i don't think you're gonna be like foaming at the mouth and like convulsing and dying over it I don't think it was just plastic. Yeah, also, like, Hoove's reaction to someone putting food down is, like, to just take it and start eating it themselves. I I mean, this is a movie where Vigo has a zipper in his stomach, and (laughs) he gets gets, uh, orally serviced. When I saw a video drum after this movie, I'm like, oh, so that's where he got it from. Yeah. Uh, But also this other cool piece of... There are these people who are responding to, like, the over-plastification of the environment who evolve to get their nutrients and to eat plastic. Um, And they have their own agenda and they are persecuted. But, again, an incredible plot line that I would have loved to have seen explored in a movie that kind of had more of a handle on on the story. Um, We also get the pain as performance and art right this I feel like there's always this push of an idea this pressure of like in order to be a real artist quote unquote you have to like pull out everything from inside yourself and like you know reveal your deepest dark itself which is not not always the case well i shouldn't say not all, I, I i debunk that kind of idea i don't really like that kind of idea um but i did like how it explored that in the art world the ear thing. A lot of people see the ear guy in the trailer has ears all over his body. I want to ask you guys: Would you rather be covered in ears or eyes? I, I, um, probably eyes. What? You... The issue with eyes is that you could get poked in so sure. many different ways. How do you? What do you think yeah. the vision looks like for someone covered in eyes? To have like a massive, like all all around <laughs> vision. Yeah. There's a little version of them in their brain who sit in a recliner and they just watch 18 (laughs) different computer screens. Fair enough. But the ears, like, I mean, imagine just, like, hearing a loud noise through all. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be pretty rough. But a concert would kind of be cool. Like, you know, like he does, he dances to the... (laughs) Imagine if you, like, had an ear infection, but you couldn't locate it. That would be terrible. I don't think there's a good answer to that question. I, also, the eyes. Imagine if you need, like, corrective lenses. That would suck. Yeah. <laughs> Putting contacts Putting in. All over your body. Yeah, like a contact <laughs> onto your butt. Yeah. 
Let me throw one one more wrench in here. Noses. Would you take noses? I, I don't I think so. Sure. No, wait, no. No 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 no. <laughs> what? I can think of I can think of at least a few things that could go wrong with noses. Especially on where they're located. <laughs> you had a nose on your butt cheek, like <laughs> Apologies to anybody who stuck around this far. <laughs> You're telling me someone that is listening to a pod talking about crimes of the future made right. it this far and is going to get grossed out by a nose on, on someone's butt. Ima- yeah, but imagine enough. like the worst fart you've ever smelled and now imagine smelling all it like a hundred fifty times especially you're you're like wearing pants that presumably when you, when it happens it's all like enclosed in there you just got the nose and the fart, and the fart imagine and watching pants. crimes of the future and then your reaction of peeing pooping and throwing up while you have all those noses all right anybody who's listening to this please please listen to the next episode we won't be talking about this you set this well, up, my Jurassic World Dominion. So basically, the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Early prediction here. Yeah. So again, I, I've said it. Very interesting premises. They're all kind of mismatched together. Um, I thought the beginning with the surgery scenes was compelling. I liked finding things out, and then it just really drags. Um, I do want to ask, what do you guys think is happening in the ending? Obviously, a spoiler. Uh, what do you guys think is happening at the end there? Is he, like, surrendering to being a plastic eater? Is he dying? What's going on there? I think I, th- I think he's surrendering to eating the plastic. Like, he's he's supposed to be a plastic eater, and, you know, he's embracing it, kind of. Yeah, that's pretty much how I took it, too. I also liked how, like, they... Neither was presented as good or bad, Um I don't know, would that necessarily be a bad thing if people evolved to be able to eat plastic? And like, I mean, the, the non-plastic-eating mom murdered her plastic-eating son, so I think that yeah. is a little worse than being a plastic eater and not a child murderer. <laughs> but that's just me. Fair enough. All right, you guys have any final thoughts on crimes of the future? It's kind of a bit boring, and I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Like I said, I, I would... I think I would seek out a rewatch once it's on streaming and I don't have to pay money for it. Money, 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 money. Here she comes. <laughs> no, I, I just, I just looked it up when you said it, Mike, about how like short his movies are, and I'm like, that movie was 106 minutes. I mean, like I was sitting there for like two and a half hours. <laughs> it was long, and you know what? As we were all in the theater, I was sitting there, like. I was enjoying it, and I could tell that none of you were enjoying it. And then that... somebody's phone went off twice, and it was just very odd. I was very curious as to what the people in the theater Look. with us thought of this. Look, there were no walkouts, so count that as a W. One guy yes. did come in almost like 30 minutes left in the movie. Which... <laughs> what yes. a movie to walk into like an hour late. The same guy who came into my Sonic 2 showing. No, but I I would seek out another viewing at some point, but I'm not in a rush to. I'll to be that. fair, that guy probably understood as much as we did. Fair enough, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that is it for Crimes of the Future, David Cronenberg. Hopefully we don't have to wait another eight years for a new movie as his, but uh, we'll see. I don't think he says he doesn't 
seem as interested in doing film as much anymore. Uh, he's a novelist as well. He likes to concentrate on that. So we shall see. I'm happy we got this. It was not everything I wanted it to be, but some fascinating stuff. So thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Don't stay down to bone. No, you better stay down. <laughs> Silver Screen Savers podcast was co-created, written, hosted, and produced by Michael Gallant. Tower Sukkis and Matt Sturdivant, with additional editing by Matt Sturdivant, intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay, logo design by Nathan Seidel.